Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Jesus. Jesus is the beginning. He's the end. And he's everything in between. And his name is the first word I want you to hear out of my mouth as your pastor. Bible tells me in John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, that the one who has the Son has life. And the one who does not have the Son does not have life. Family. Jesus is everything. 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 I am Ken Wetmore, and I exist to know and be known by God and to show God to others. That's my purpose. And my dream, my goal, my plan for being here is to encourage you in your walk with Jesus too. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you're here. I've felt you. I've felt your spirit wrapping us up. The music, Lord, brought us right to your throne. The word that was spoken, while humorous, reminded us of what we mean to you and what our identity is. The announcements reminded us that we have a part to play, that we get to participate in your work. Lord, as I speak, I want to beg you to get me out of the way and for you to stand up here. And I pray in your name. Amen. So I want you to look at these pictures really carefully, okay? They're five years of summer camps at Indian Creek Camp, located in beautiful Middle Tennessee. And I want you to pay attention. There's, there's some people I know that you may recognize if you look really hard, really hard. Get your binoculars. You have to later on figure that out. But if you look at these pictures... I would challenge you if you know somebody in those pictures. And Rick's daughter actually worked for me the first summer, the first summer that I was at Indian Creek Camp. She's actually in this picture. Rick, I don't know if you can pick her out or not. And uh, her husband, Matt, also worked with me. But I would challenge you after this service, don't do it now. Leave your phone in your pocket for the moment. But after the service, if you recognized anybody in those pictures, I challenge you to send them a text message or give them a call 
and say these words. Pastor Ken said, we are family. And our family values are, and then you wait and see what they say. Okay? Wait and see what they say because I, I'm not a betting man because I'm a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, okay? <laughs> but I would guess and be willing to, I don't know, shake your hand extra hard. If, if they don't say back to you, our family values are God, integrity, safety, hard work, and fun without flinching. And I guarantee if they work for more than one summer for me, they will so fa- say it so fast it will make your head spin. You know, how it all kind of came about was my first summer at Indian Creek Camp. I was taking a class in organizational leadership, and the class talked about the importance of metaphor, and that how as a leader, one of the best ways to make an idea stick is to use a metaphor. And so I started thinking, well, what metaphor could I use for my staff to kind of give them the idea of what I'm wanting out of them? And it was crazy, because as soon as I started thinking, it just popped right into my head. Family. We are a family. And I thought, okay, and families all have values, right? Every family has values. Now, we don't always talk about those values, but every family has values. Some families value Jesus and Christian service. Other families value work. Other families value going and having a really good time and playing and and, and enjoying time together. And none of those are mutually exclusive. They can be mixed up. There's all kinds of different values out there that that families will have. So I thought, what, what values do I want to tell this staff and future staffs would be the values that I want them to have? Remembering that we're working at a summer camp. We're taking care of children, other people's children, with 18 to 25-year-olds. Remembering what I was doing when I was 18 to 25. And I thought, well, easy. It, it just like it just hit me. I had these, these five things just boom, popped right. It really didn't take, I was surprised at how quickly it came to me. I said, well, God, we're at a summer, Christian summer camp. We want to talk about God. We want to show God. It means we're going to be loving. We're going to be kind. We're, we're going to embody love and what God is. And we're, it's not just by talking about it. It's by living it, which kind of goes to the next point of integrity. You know, integrity is so important. Integrity isn't just telling the truth. It's living the truth. It means that if, if campers ran into staff outside of camp, they wouldn't say, wow, that person's really different than when they were at camp but their lives would be consistent. Integrity is really being who you say you are, being authentic, being honest in everything. And then safety, it's a summer camp, right? And we think about the physical safety, but there's emotional safety that's so important as well, isn't there? People need to feel safe, like they're valued, like if they, if they become vulnerable, that that's not going to be used against them. And we want that at camp. We want that everywhere, don't we? I don't know how many of you have ever worked at a summer camp, but let me tell you something. As a summer camp director, one of the things I was looking for were people who wanted to work hard because summer camp is six days a week, 24 hours a day. And there's only, it's the only reason it's not seven is because you get one day off. And it is hard work. It's hot. It's constant. If you're a counselor, you've got kids around you all the time that have their lives in your hands. 
it's a hard job. So hard work, important. And then finally, fun. If you're not having fun, it's one of the reasons I love this church. You guys have figured this out. Fun keeps, the, keeps things going, right? If it's all hard work, let's just be honest, I'm done. <laughs> I got to have some fun while I'm working hard, right? And those things aren't exclusive, right? You can have fun and work hard. So let's have fun at camp. So these were the, these were the, uh, the values that I share with this camp. And, and I discovered that it was incredibly effective because we talked about this. We talked about it all the time, every day. And this is why if you talk to somebody who worked at camp, they will roll their eyes as they say these things to you because we, t- we said them every day at the beginning of the day. We'd usually say them somewhere in the middle of the day, always at the end of the day, constantly talked about them. I would often during a, a staff meeting say, okay, um, Richard, what does safety mean to you? that value. What does that mean? Because there's nothing like asking somebody to help them internalize what it means to them to have to say it out loud. So that's why they'd roll their eyes. But I challenge you to find one of those staff that worked for me over those five years that couldn't recite those back to you in a heartbeat. A while after I got done with summer camp, uh, my grandfather passed away. And I was asked to give a eulogy on behalf of the grandchildren. I'm the oldest grandchild. And so I sat down as a trained pastor to write this out. And it was one of the more difficult things I've had to write. And I was sitting there thinking about all the things that made my grandpa my grandpa. I mean, just look at him. You see that look in his eye? That's the one he had every time he saw his grandkids. And I got to thinking about my grandfather. I thought, what do I want to say about him? Well, I sure want to say he loved his family. Family was everything to him. It mattered. And I know my grandfather loved God. That was a big deal to him. He was always involved in his church. He was always involved. He wasn't, he wasn't the guy. He was a blue-collar worker, so he wasn't going to be the elder. He was going to be the deacon, right? You know how that works? Yeah. And, and so he was the guy that, but he was, he never, he, I, if he cared, I never knew. He was just happy to serve Jesus, and he didn't preach. He just lived. God was so important to him. And I got to thinking about what an honest life that man lived. He was who he said he was. He was authentic. He was real. He had a high level of integrity. When he made mistakes, he admitted it. And I got to thinking about how much he cared about his grandchildren's safety. We, he, he was a farmer. Amongst other things, he worked with tools a lot. He cared about our physical safety, but I can never remember a time not feeling safe in my grandfather's presence. If grandpa walked in the room, I was safe. Following where I'm going? That man worked harder than anyone I know. My grandpa gave up a dream of being a veterinarian to take care of a family, working on a farm, working at tannery at the same time that he was working on that farm drove trucks, built furniture, worked hard, put that that instinct into into his, his son, my dad, the other three boys, and his daughter, 
who I'm sure Aunt Dolly are watching right now. Put that hardworking spirit into them. And man, that love, man loved to have fun. When we went to go visit Grandpa, we knew we were going to play games. We were going to have a great time. I can hear him laughing right now. It's just this deep, genuine, from the soul laugh. And as I was thinking this, it suddenly hit me like it had never hit me before that the family values, the family metaphor, the values, I hadn't just come up with them. The reason why it bubbled out and was so easy was because those were my grandfather's values. They belonged to him. He had passed them on to my dad. My dad had passed them on to me. And so without ever him speaking those values out loud, they were a part of who I was. And what I felt was valuable in life. This picture is very special to me. It's, I think, one of the last pictures I have sitting on my grandpa's lap. Every time I would visit my grandpa from the earliest memory I have, my grandpa would pick me up and put him, me on his lap and just wrap his arms around me. And in this particular picture, it was at my grandmother's uh, memorial service. And uh, we had just arrived. The family was just, just arriving. And my grandfather was, was um, struggling with dementia. And I walked up to him with my wife and kids, and he, he just kind of gave me a little bit of a blank look. Hey, who are you? You know, he was, you know how dementia patients will try to play along like they know, but you can just tell they don't. And I sat down in my grandfather's lap, and I said, Grandpa, it's me, Kenny. And my aunt snapped that picture as I said that. And um, he said, Kenny boy, when I go, I'm not going to leave you much. But I'm going to leave you a good name. Keep it that way. You see, I'm named after my grandfather. I am Ken Wetmore. This tie isn't an accident. This is what my grandfather physically left me. This is everything. This is a tie. And whether you think it's pretty or not, it's gorgeous to me. And the tie, if you turn it sideways, you can see it's mirrored. It says Kenneth Wetmore. So he literally left me his name. (laughs) But more importantly... More importantly than anything else he could have left me monetarily. I never have to worry about when somebody says, you're Ken Wetmore. I knew your grandfather. I'm never worried for even a heartbeat about what they're going to say. I can't wait to hear what they're going to say. Because I've never had anybody say anything other than what an amazing person my grandfather was. How much they respect him. How much they love him. I hope this will give you a little context for our scripture today from John chapter 14, verses 9 through 12. You're welcome to look it up. I'm not going to go through all of it. I just want to look at three really key parts of three verses to make a point to you. 
The first verse that I want you to look at is John chapter 14, verse 10. This is the New Living Translation. The words I speak are not my own, says Jesus, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So what I want you to take away, see those orange highlighted words, the Father does his work through Jesus. This is really important because sometimes we like to make Jesus the good guy and God, you know, the grumpy old man up in the clouds. And Jesus is kind of trying to talk God into, be, into being good-natured with us. Come on, give them a break. Dad, they're, they're not as bad as you think. I mean, they're kind of bad, but you know. And God's like, okay. Family, if that's your conception of who God is, you don't know who he is yet. When you see Jesus in action here on earth, you're seeing God the Father in action here on earth. God the Father was doing his work through Jesus. So now we back up a verse. So what is that work? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I want to suggest to you that Jesus' work here on earth wasn't as complicated as we make it sometimes. Jesus' whole responsibility here on earth was to just let the Father shine through him, to guide him, to tell him where to be and what to do. Do you ever feel like you don't know what to do? You feel overwhelmed with life and you feel like, I just don't know what's going on? The good news is that the Father worked through Jesus. Jesus didn't have to worry. That's why Jesus spent so much time in prayer. What do you want me to do, Dad? What's next, Dad? What are the values you want me to show, Dad? And then what was highlighted in our scripture this morning, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. So what was the work that Jesus was doing? Do I need to go backwards? What was the work? I like it when you talk to me, right? It's okay, we can do it. What was the work Jesus was doing? Showing the Father. Jesus' work was to let the Father shine through him. That was his work. And what's our work? To let the Father shine through us. You know, it's incredible when you have a relationship with somebody, you just know what they want you to do. I didn't have to think about what my grandfather would, I didn't say to myself, now what would my grandpa's rules be for running a summer camp? I never even realized it. But yet the values my grandfather had shone through me. And if we have Jesus in us, then we have the father in us shining out of us and it flows out. But we have to know what God's values are. That means we have to spend a little bit of time with him, doesn't it? Not a little bit, actually a lot, okay? I love this church. You know what attracted me to you? Your mission, your vision, and your values. And what especially impressed me was a lot of churches have mission statements and a lot of churches have vision statements, but not very many churches have values that they 
state up front. And I love that about us. At whole life, we love people into a lifelong friendship with God. I was told that was the mission statement. <laughs> a couple of you agreed. Can I read it one more time? Well, better yet, would you just say it with me? You're going to find out I'm a little bit of a fiend for mission statements, okay? Some people know this already. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're, we're getting there. It's all right. I've got another 37 years to go. Our vision is to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. This is us. I want you to know unequivocally how much I love that. And you are going to be sad at how much I love that. (laughs) Because I will be holding us accountable to this. But a mission and a vision without values wanders around. Because there are a lot of different ways to do a mission and a vision. And if you don't know what your values are, you can wind up achieving your goals the wrong way. Here at Whole Life, our values are love, acceptance, forgiveness, Grace, the Bible, worship, and participation. And I want you to think for just a minute why I might be so drawn to those values. Because I, I sat down and I compared them to my personal values that I share with you. God, integrity, safety, hard work, and fun. And I think that if you really think through that, you'll see that all those values are kind of wrapped up in the five. In just a little bit, you'd say, well, wait a minute, you don't have love in yours. God is love. All right. But anyway, trust me. (laughs) Love, acceptance, forgiveness, grace, the Bible, worship, and participation. I love those. They're so important. It's so important that you know these. It's so important as a part of our family that they become a part of who you are if they aren't already. You know, last week, uh, my son Eric and I went on a road trip. Um, I had a wedding that I needed to perform up in Nashville. And I needed a GPS to get there, Um, especially through Orlando and Florida. I'm new, so I'm still figuring my way out. So through Orlando, through Florida, up through Georgia, I was paying attention to that GPS. I was kind of on it. But then... I got into Atlanta, and I have lived outside of Atlanta, and I have lived in Chattanooga, and I've lived in Nashville. And so I left the GPS on, but I didn't really worry about it. I'm where I know where I'm at. Suddenly, in the middle of my discussion with my son, I realized I don't know where I'm at. (laughs) And I lost an hour in Atlanta because of traffic figuring my way back. I, but you know what? The GPS, I put my eyes on it. And while it took an hour to get back, I got back. 
I lost time, but I got back. So then I get out of Atlanta. This is home free. This is just a straight shot. I get through Chattanooga. I'm on 24, home free, Nashville, baby. I know where I'm at. I'm on 24. And so I start talking to Eric. We're listening to a book. We're discussing it. And I look down just in time to see that the GPS has said I should get off at this exit. What are you talking about? It's 100 miles yet. This is not the exit to get off on. 45 seconds later, as traffic came to a complete stop, as the road had been shut down because of an accident, I deeply regretted not paying attention to the GPS as I waited for another three hours to get where I was going. Family, sometimes when we lose track of our values, that's what happens to us. We think we're home free. I'm a Christian. I'm, I, I have a relationship with God. Everything's all right. And let me tell you something. You don't have to live in fear about your relationship with God, but what you should be a little bit concerned about is getting off track and losing time. This is us. This is who we are, family. I consider my job as senior pastor here at your church, I consider my job to be the chief caretaker, chief cheerleader, chief evangelist for our mission, our vision, and our values. Expect to hear me talk about it every week. If I don't, hold me accountable for it. That's why we're going to start off with a seven-part series that this is a part of, so it's eight actually. I'm not good at math, that's why I'm a pastor. So we're starting off with a value. We're going to talk through each one of our values because I believe our values are pointing us towards Jesus. And Jesus said, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And that's what we want. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.